Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I actually just got back from a weekend of skiing, and it's a perfect tie-in to today's show, which is all about second chances, because I feel like I got a second chance at skiing. I used to ski a lot as a teenager, young adult. We spent a lot of time in Colorado, and then I had a little ski accident, blew out my knee, and hadn't skied for about 11 years, quite frankly, because I was scared you know, to get back on the slopes after hurting myself. But I really wanted to, and I was at a really cool event called Summit Series, and the mountain was awesome. And so I got out with my friend, and I said, I'm just going to do greens, and I'm just going to go slow. And I got out there, and I had good body memory. It was kind of coming back to me, but my feet were hurting. I was really working hard, and I wasn't having that much fun. And my friend Amanda said to me, can I give you a few tips? And luckily, I said yes, even though my ego wanted to pretend like I had it all figured out. I was like a good skier. But I really, really have an intention of having a learning-oriented approach to life, which is so important. You know, in order to be a good teacher, a good coach, you have to be a good student, right? So she gives me a tip. Even though it sounded completely strange, I implemented it, and it shifted my skiing. And then she gave me another tip, and I focused and implemented, and it changed my skiing more. And then she gave me another tip, and I focused and implemented, and I was doing blues in 10 minutes. And for those of y'all who are not skiers, blues is intermediate. So I shared about that in this week's blog and vlog and all the lessons that I learned about this experience of being a constant learner. And if you don't get my weekly updates, you can subscribe at christinehassler.com because every week I share something that isn't on the podcast. I share something that I've learned, something that I want to teach you in both a blog and vlog format. So if you like connecting with me, please know that that's also an option and you can hear the rest of the ski story. So the key takeaways from the lessons I shared about the ski story was that when we drop our ego and we really are willing to learn and adopt a beginner's mind and and focus on what we're learning and not push ourselves and drive ourselves and be so obsessed with outcome, when we have that beginner's mind that children do, we learn much faster and we create better results. That's especially applicable to second chances, the focus of today's session. We have to take what we learned from the first go around, but be willing to drop old programs, what we think we know, and approach things with an open mind and an open heart. So have you ever had something come back around like a romantic relationship, friendship, job, or career path that you thought was over? Or perhaps have you gotten a second chance with a different situation or cast of characters, like a new relationship after a divorce or a job after being laid off, or even your health after getting to the other side of an illness? Second chances do happen for all of us, and when they do, it is important that we apply the lessons we learned the first time around. Many of us are not great about doing this because we're intentional about not wanting to repeat the same kind of what we'd call mistakes again. We approach second chances with gratitude and excitement, but second chances can also produce fear. 
I see this frequently with clients. At first, they're thrilled getting another shot at something, but then all kinds of anxiety and doubt and fear creeps in. They start questioning themselves and notice old, kind of yucky patterns, even sabotaging patterns, come up. What's fascinating and rather sad about us humans is sometimes the closer we get to what we truly want, the more we attempt to push it away or sabotage it. Obviously, this is not a conscious thing we do. The saboteur is very sneaky, yet powerful. And the reason we sabotage is because we have not fully healed the core issues and misunderstandings we might have around love and worthiness. You'll listen to an example of this with today's caller, Jenny, who's gotten a second chance in regards to a romantic relationship. She would just love to feel grateful and excited, yet what she's experiencing is a roller coaster of emotions, especially anxiety. So as you're listening to this episode, consider, have you recently gotten a second chance at something? And if so, how are you approaching it? With a learning-oriented approach to life, with excitement, with gratitude, or with fear, doubt, and anxiety? Is there someone or something you'd like a second chance with? And do you truly know that you are worthy and deserving of love, success, or whatever else it is that you long for? Do you get anxious in a relationship either over what the future is going to be or just when you are feeling big feelings and things become more emotionally intimate, you tend to freak out and experience that roller coaster of emotions? And finally, and this is for the ladies listening, can you relate to maybe being a little bit too much in your masculine energy? And for the men out there, can you relate to perhaps having trouble connecting to a woman who's in her masculine energy too much or vice versa, understanding what to do with a woman who's having a roller coaster of emotions? I talk a little bit about masculine feminine dynamics in the call with Jenny, and I'm also going to speak about it when I break down the call after I play the session. And before we get to my coaching session with Jenny, just want to thank my sponsor, Onnit.com. One of the things that's so critical to my success is taking very good care of my health and well-being. I always have been super into health, fitness, nutrition, exercise, all those kinds of things. And the right food, the right supplements is key to that, which is why I'm such a fan of Onnit. And if you go to onnit.com slash Christine, you get 10% off your purchase. It'll take you to a product called Alpha Brain, which I use for focus and memory, but there's lots of other great stuff on there. One thing I wanted to highlight is their MCT oil, which is a super, super high grade coconut oil. I take a tablespoon in my tea every morning and it helps with weight management, not having your blood sugar crash, sustainable energy, and I think it just tastes amazing. So onnit.com slash Christine, 10% discount will be applied to your cart. Enjoy. And now on to our call with Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Well, I have a two-tiered question, but there might be something under it, which I'm aware. One question is about giving someone a second chance, but also the word anxiety comes up. Recently, I, I've been working on myself, and I'm a single mother and a business owner, and I've been going strong for a while on my own, four years being a mom and 18 years in a business setting. And I'm very aware that I have a very strong masculinity to me, even though I am a girly girl. And minding my own business, I had stumbled across and met someone that I really took fond of, and it caught me totally off guard. He does not know this, but it's 
spun me out of control, meaning I realized that I wear a lot of hats and I tried to kind of like take over the masculinity and my relationship with him. I had really bad anxiety that came up to the point actually where I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack and went to the hospital. Truth be told, nothing was actually wrong with me. And they said it was more like a panic attack. And it was right around Valentine's Day, first of all, with pressure in my business. But also this whole love thing popped up. I've never really been in a very healthy, loving, kind relationship. And that's what was coming up because this guy was being this way. And I didn't know really what to do with myself. Besides try to take control and um, instead of having like a good, clear conversation, I kind of just like let it fall apart and like I didn't take responsibility on my end. And so, mm. Would you say you sabotaged it or what do you mean by you let it fall apart? He asked me to be his girlfriend before we even had any intimacy, not even kissing or anything after about the fifth date. And I gladly said yes and I was excited. And he had made a quick comment to me saying, Oh, cool. Now let the roller coaster begin. And like, I think that really put me on a roller coaster hearing those words. Mm-hmm. Meaning okay. I quickly then, because I have a child and I'm a mom, I was so excited about like having this new guy and he was an amazing, energetic, clear person on top of that on paper, but more or less like a nice guy. This is the first time I've ever allowed a nice guy to give room to allow a nice guy to come near me. Because in my past, I'd always go for like, unavailable, kind of jerks, whatever. Great. So I threw him off because I instantly introduced him to my son. I instantly had this medical issue, which I didn't even really tell him the truth of what happened because I was like so freaked out and my anxiety took over. Okay. Okay. And so your anxiety took over and then did that end up pushing him away, basically? It was too much of a roller coaster ride and he didn't know how to handle it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So what's your question about it? I realized that I never really liked a guy ever that I've been with, even though I've dated very long term. I was never like truly into anyone, but this guy was different. I was really into him to the point where like I even had to go to like a relationship therapist to see what the heck's wrong with this. He actually admitted like he got really scared and he was anxious. So that's why he ran. So we were both on the same page and we're actually now currently still dating and into each other. However, with this anxiety, anxiety is very like futuristic thought. It's very hard to be present. And that's what sabotages me often. And I'm just like wanting to understand and get a little grip or learn a little bit more about what, what are tools or what can I do? And then also like, I got to chill out with this masculinity because like, you know, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. It's kind of like, well, I know who the go-to people are for everything. It's not that I'm a know-it-all, but like allowing a man to leave is very hard. <laughs> it's actually very easy once we allow it. It feels actually really good. But I hear you. I totally hear you. So there's there's a couple questions in this. Um, and you're right about anxiety. It is based on futuristic thinking. And and men feel that. They they definitely feel that pressure. They feel the anxiety. And it it is they don't they don't like that so much. Um, and again, again, we're talking general statements. This doesn't necessarily apply to all men or all women, but I can tell by the way you're describing him, it probably fits him as well. So again, we, we attract where we are. So both of you kind of have one foot on the gas, one foot on the brake. And I think (laughs) what is an important conversation to have with him is what is, what is your vision for your life? Like, 
what is his vision for his life? What is his? What are his values? What is your vision for your life? What are your values? And do you have a shared vision and value system? Because that's a different level of conversation than, are we going to move in together? Are you coming home for Christmas? Like those, those kind of conversations. <laughs> and I think that in a lot of ways for you, chunking this up higher to then he's a nice guy and he might check out check off a lot of boxes to do I have a shared vision and value system with this person cuz sometimes we can get so obsessed about the person and we can end up in a lot of projection stuff and a lot of triggering stuff rather than going all right let's really have a conversation about are we headed in the same direction so is this making sense yeah and i'm taking note um and the thing that's tricky about me too is like I come as a package, like I'm mama right. bear, like right. I have a son to raise and right. that's where it gets tricky because I'm not the single girl that can go away on the weekend. Well, hold on. It only gets tricky if you're not clear about your vision and your values. And if, if he has a vision of being a family man and he values that time, then great. If he values complete freedom and the ability to pack up and leave on a whim, then there's your answer. Gotcha. And that's not, by the way, that's not what he's being or I'm being. It's just like, I'm not that single girl anymore. And I really haven't dated since I've had my son. And I've been very focused on business and raising this beautiful son that that's been my, you know, my motive right now. But, you know, it it would be my heartfelt vision is to bring in someone that would alleviate some of this um, and help me like, you know, take away from my, because having a son, especially it's like, I have to be very masculine to kind of bro it out with him and like teach him certain things. And it's a lot for me. Right. Well, I'd even coach you on that because again, the energetic of, because that, that sort of has a little tinge of neediness to it. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you to, to have it more for, from the place of, I have this amazing son and I want to create an incredible family for him and myself. So more about what you want to create in terms of the love and the support and having masculine presence and less about it's so hard and it'd be nice to have somebody to help me out because that's a different – it's a different energetic and it's, again, like, you know, it's a big thing for a guy to to, – First of all, to to commit in general, and then second to come, <laughs> you know to have a package deal. So, but the way you hold it inside of you, I mean, how beautiful that you have this amazing son, and that he gets not you, but also a chance to be a father figure to this boy. And so, I think a lot of it has to do with how you hold it inside yourself. That that's something you're really proud of, and that's something that you really see as valuable, and. And, and what your vision for your life looks like with with him included. And have that really not like business meeting tone kind of conversation, but a really vulnerable conversation about, look, I like you. You know, we don't know where this is going. We don't know what the future holds. But I, I would love to just be vulnerable with you and, and share with you what really matters to me and where I'm looking, what I'm looking towards in terms of my vision and values. And I'd love to have this conversation with you about what you see in terms of what you value and what your vision for your life is. Because I think too few people, especially early in dating, have that kind of level of conversation. And it can clarify things pretty quickly. 
But if you know that you have shared visions and values, then the part of you that feels the anxiety is going to subside a little bit because at least you know you're headed in the same direction. And you don't have to talk about when you're moving it. Because I think a lot of times people talk too quickly about, are we moving in together? When are we getting married? Is he putting a ring on my finger? Without even thinking, are we headed in the same direction? Like, do we totally value the same thing? And that matters more than quote unquote, having things in common or having chemistry, like that that stuff is important too, but it's the shared vision and values and headed in the same direction instead of looking at each other, wondering, you know, what are you going to do to help me and what, what can I, you know, it's a less codependent relationship when it's two whole people looking in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads me, and that's what leads me to, and I love, I love what you're sharing and I hear you and I get it and I understand and it's a lifestyle, even than having friendships around me, with, you know, that are on the same page. So I can uh, soak that in. But uh, the other tier of what I was talking about is this darn anxiety that pops up. Like, here I am spending a, a weekend with him this past weekend, and this fear comes up. And I don't know where it comes from, but it's so terrifying that, like, I either want to be like, I want him to either say, okay, well, I got to go. And then he'd be like, okay, bye. Even though I don't even want that, like, I don't even know how to sit in my skin because these emotions come up and they come like they blindside me out of nowhere. It's not because he said something or did anything. It's just because it feels so real. And I don't, I don't know what to do with it. And it just. So do you know what from your past it's triggering? And that's, I, I truthfully, like if I do a body scan of myself thinking where in my body does it hold? I, I, I don't know where it comes from. Did you grow up with a lot of um, unconditional love and a feeling of safety? I would say um, in my past, I would have to like do a tap dance to show that I'm like credible or I'm worthy of love through like, you know, so I'm not doing a tap dance. That's the thing. And there's no replacement of anything. So it's like very, for me, it's like a very scary place to be because it's like, I guess it's vulnerability, like I'm being vulnerable. And that's when I'm like, run. Yeah. So if you 100% knew, 100% without a doubt, not just knew like intellectually, but knew in every fiber of your being, Jenny, that you were so, so, so worthy of love and so 100% capable of loving, what do you think would happen to the anxiety? I would assume it does, it wouldn't exist. Right. Right. So this is, this is your next level and this is what relationships teach us. This is your next level of self-love. This is your next level of knowing you are worthy because basically it's the doubt and the fear that's creating the anxiety and creating that feeling of run. And the Mm -hmm. other thing that is interesting is like the thing we want most in life is the hardest to let in. Like the thing we desire most is also the thing we run from most. So there's this part of you that's so wanting this kind of healthy relationship with this nice man, like you said, yet there's this part of you that totally fears it because of your self-worth stuff. So it's like, oh my gosh, the more I let him in, the more he may see that it's I'm a fraud or whatever, whatever the self-doubt voice is. So it's really your inner work around standing in that self-worth and letting love in. 
really letting love in and knowing that there's nothing you have to do to earn it or prove that you're worthy. How are you at receiving compliments? Well, when it comes to myself, I think I receive compliments now pretty well. Like I hear what they're saying. I say thank you. If I'm proud of something as well, I I can acknowledge it. I'm not 100% at it, but I'm getting better. Okay, because that's a good place to practice, and it kind of reveals where you are. Like you want to watch, you know, sometimes it's easy to receive compliments for something we achieve. You know, like that, that was a really great job at work. Oh, thanks. Or an outfit or whatever. But when mm-hmm. it's a compliment of like, Jenny, you are just absolutely brilliant. You're so creative. You're so loving. The way that you are in the world is absolutely remarkable. You know, when it's just straight up acknowledgement of who you are, how are you really letting that in? Yeah. Well, like even hearing the words, it does cause, it does cause that anxious, like the, the bit of the sweaty hands, the cold. Okay. Okay. A little bit of a rush in my body. Yeah. So let's stay with that. So if you could put one hand on your heart and one hand on your lower belly or wherever you feel the anxiety, what would you say to that anxious feeling? (laughs) Well, what would I say or what does it feel? (laughs) You can answer Um, either. Well, what, what I hear, like, actually it's more like, the the anxious stuff comes in my mind, like in my belly. Yeah. I guess it's the same thing, the solar plex. Mm-hmm. Um, like I hear negativity. Actually, it's like, I ah, get out of here. Don't don't compliment her. Right. You know? And then, what would you say to that to that anxiety that's saying, "Don't compliment her. Get out of here." Well, my adult self would be like, "Hey, that's not cool. Stop bullying my friend Jenny. She's a nice girl, and she mm-hmm. she doesn't deserve you to kick these compliments out." And so how I, could so that's great. So I want you to call on your because you're a mommy. So I want you to call on that super unconditionally loving feminine part of you. And I want you to speak to the anxiety in a way that doesn't shame it, that doesn't make it wrong, because the anxiety is protecting you. Because in so many other instances of your life, when love didn't feel safe and you didn't feel you were worthy. The anxiety was thought it was doing a good job of protecting you by having you get out of the situation. So we don't make these parts go away by shaming them or making them wrong or judging them. So how could you speak to that anxiety in a very, very feminine, loving way? (laughs) We've done a really good job of protecting Jenny from receiving. That's what I I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. And how could you reassure it? And it's okay for Jenny to receive compliments and it's okay for her to be vulnerable and have kindness around her. And there's no need to feel jealous or upset about it. Like Jenny would actually, Jenny is hungry for that and she deserves that. She's worthy of that. But you've done a really good job to help protect her. Yeah. And it's really safe. It's safe to receive love, Jenny. It's so safe. See, the things that you thought were unsafe or the things that you hurt, that hurt you, it wasn't love. And so love was never what you were running from. So let the love in. And how to practice that is to do what we're doing right now, to like connect with your body, to put your hands on your own body and to tell yourself, you know, what you need to hear in a super reassuring, soothing way. And then also, if this is a man that, you know, you feel safe with, 
you can out yourself and just be like, oh my gosh, like I feel my anxiety coming up. I feel like I want to run, but I, I know I don't want to. So can you just give me a hug? So yeah. Be- it's actually it's actually really sweet because I felt that coming up this weekend and I actually ran over to him and like almost like begged because I got on my knees and I looked right into his eyes and said, I realize this is the first time I've seen you in my house where the last time it was pretty traumatizing for me, even though it wasn't a really big deal. It was though. I said, I'm feeling a little anxious right now. I just wanted to let you know how I was feeling. I don't right. know how you're feeling. And he, it was very sweet because he smiled at me and said, well, we're just taking it one day at a time. It's okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And because I thought, honestly, if I shared that, I thought he'd like run out the door and be like, me too, or something. Well, this is, and again, this is how you step into the feminine. You know, in terms of asking the masculine feminine, how you step into the feminine is not like controlling everything and being vulnerable and asking for help. Men like to be asked for help, but not in a needy way. You know, they like to feel needed um in a healthy way like when we're vulnerable not the damsel in distress rescue me take care of me blah 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 that's the more the dysfunctional codependent but when we're vulnerable and we're like i'm scared can you give me a hug that feels good so i just encourage you to keep going in that direction and here's the thing and this is the we'll end with this you know just in terms of brain chemistry you've got wiring in your brain that defaults to anxiety and until you work on rewiring your brain that defaults more to safety and vulnerability, you right now your anxiety is a conditioned response. So this is the time in your development to really look and take ownership that right now your anxiety is a physiological response to patterned thought. It's not about anything real. So, you know, in expectation hangover, in the mental level, I talk about how the mind's a galloping horse, but we have to remember we're the horseback rider. We have the reins. So you've got to become a more focused horseback rider here with your thoughts. And when you feel yourself moving into anxiety because you're producing it with your thoughts because of a pattern, got to shift it and shift your awareness, bring it back to the present, back to vulnerability, back to telling yourself it's safe and let the love in. Because how beautiful that you're getting another chance with this man and how beautiful that you get to talk about perhaps creating a life together or at least talk about your vision and values and how beautiful that you get to practice being in your feminine by receiving love and being vulnerable. But it's really up to you to – this is where the masculine can help (laughs) because the masculine Mm -hmm. side of us is is focused – so it's really about being focused on rewiring your brain and your conditioned response to things. Because mm. you have everything you need inside to be able to shift this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what, in, in terms of just wrapping up the call, what are your takeaways and what are some things you can implement? Well, I know that it's really important for me to have a discussion on what it is that I vision for my life and what are my values and, you know, ask him and also ask about to see what our shared value systems are. And then, you know, instead of any kind of desperateness of whatever, more lean into like, I do have this amazing life with my amazing son and be open to knowing that it's very loving and awesome and yeah. to allow someone into that. 
Yeah. And then, as you had mentioned about, you know, using my advantage to focus, but uh, reconditioning my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then the vulnerability part's really key for me because it's like, instead of me, like maybe holding my breath and ah, ah, it's happening, like those fears of like wanting to run, like be like, ah, I see this coming on here. Yep, exactly. And then in a loving way, um, even not with him, but just in general, you know, if I'm feeling it with work or whatever, be able to like look someone in the eyes and be like, hey, I'm focusing on feeling this. And then have like a little bit of support around me for like a hug or a smile or like a joke or something to help me get out of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And let the love in. Practice receiving the compliments without giving a compliment back or just just receive, receive, receive. Oh, thank you so much. The reason I spoke so much about values and vision as part of my coaching with Jenny is because part of what pulls us out of past programming, which can lead to sabotaging second chances, is having a clear picture of what you're committed to moving toward. Jenny is spending so much time attempting to move away from anxiety and worry that it's creating distance in her relationship. That's why I encourage her to get really clear on her values and vision for the relationship and then have that conversation with the man she's dating so together they can move toward something. If this specific situation of getting back together with someone applies to you, please take this coaching. Create your vision and values both independently and as a couple. And even if you haven't broken up, but you're in a relationship that's been going for a while now, the key is to co-create your future together. If you don't have shared values and vision for your relationship, please create it. Any good business, organization, company, nonprofit, whatever, knows the importance of a mission statement and core values. Why not have one for your relationship and your family? That's even more important. Also, we don't want to carry so much of our past baggage around that we end up sabotaging our second chances. In Jenny's case, her story about never really being in a healthy relationship, not attracting nice guys, being a single mom, so on and so forth, may very well sabotage this one. Or or it could be the inspiration toward being 100% committed to healing any issues blocking her to receiving love and partnership. It's really her choice. It's her choice to see herself as a complete package, whole and worthy of love, no matter what her circumstances. And it's your choice too, wherever you are in your life. You know, I spoke earlier about how we often push away what we yearn for most. Why? Well, because we're so afraid of getting hurt. We build this armor around our heart and end up sometimes sabotaging the things we long for the most. Take the risk instead. Open your heart. Be vulnerable like I coached Jenny to be. Wouldn't you rather open your heart and increase the possibility of having the love and connection you desire than try to protect yourself and potentially block it? Another thing we touch on this call that I want to briefly highlight is masculine and feminine dynamics. Now, this isn't a black and white issue. Not every woman is predominantly feminine and not every man is predominantly masculine. All of us have masculine and feminine energy in us. And in a relationship, whether it's a heterosexual or homosexual relationship, we need polarity. If two people are in their masculine energy all the time, no polarity. If two people are in their feminine energy all the time, no polarity. So we need that dance. We need that balance. And for women, especially in today's day and age, when so many women, you know, are out there working and supporting themselves and focused, we call upon that masculine energy 
sometimes a little too much in our relationships with men. We have to remember to allow them to lead as well, to make decisions and to relax in our feminine energy. So we have that balance. And a big part of creating that polarity in relationship is through vulnerability, is through really showing up. And instead of running or sabotaging or slamming doors or picking arguments or judging, saying, I'm really scared right now. I'm freaked out. I want to run, but I really, really, really love you. And I really am a stand for our relationship. So please just give me a hug right now. Vulnerability and honesty go a long way in relationship. Communication is the most important tool we have in all of our relationships. And if you want to dig a little deeper in masculine feminine dynamics, the different kinds of relationships, I encourage you to check out one of the courses that I taught called Men Exposed. This one's more for the ladies. If you go to christinehassler.com slash men dash exposed, you can find the course there. I teach a lot about masculine feminine dynamics. I interview men. There's a lot of good relationship stuff. If you missed the link, just go to the show notes, christinehassler.com slash podcast, and the links will be there. All right, so let's wrap it up with some assignments. First, remember, anxiety is usually a physiological response to thoughts. You're creating anxiety by worrying about things in the future. You know, is this the right relationship? Are we going to get married? Are we going to move in? Am I going to get this job? Like, does he like me? Does she like me? Whatever. (laughs) You know how our mind just likes to just monkey around and run off into the future. Take a deep breath. Bring it back to the present moment and be grateful. The biggest way to combat anxiety is coming into the present and finding something to be grateful for. Look down at your hand, count five fingers. Hey, that's something to be grateful for. Second, vulnerability. I mentioned this a lot on this podcast. And you see, you see with the people that I coach, When they're vulnerable, when they're sharing, you receive so much. I get so many emails from people that they feel so close to someone that they listen to me coach, even though they don't know the person. I hear them saying, oh my gosh, I felt like she or he was speaking my truth. That's because the person was being vulnerable. We don't think someone who's vulnerable is weak. We feel closer to them. So think about if there's some conversation you need to have, how can you be more vulnerable? Also, notice how you're receiving compliments. People are really bad at receiving compliments. I notice this. I give someone a compliment and they either deflect it, like, oh, that's a beautiful dress. Oh, it was on sale. I don't really like it. Or, oh, you look great today. Oh, really? I do. I didn't get much sleep. Or they feel like they need to reciprocate right away. Like, oh, you did a great job on that, Angela. Oh, no, Christine, you did a great job too. No, just receive the compliment. Practice saying, thank you. And yes, it's lovely to give compliments back, but just try, especially if you need to exercise your receiving muscle, try just taking compliments. And finally, masculine feminine. I gave you the recommendation to check out Men Exposed. I also want to share with you two of my favorite masculine feminine teachers, Alison Armstrong, her work, The PAX Programs, and I love her book. It's an ebook, The Queen's Code. It's a story about really the dynamic of masculine feminine energy. And David Data, D-E-I-D-A, is another great, great, great teacher. So if that's resonating with you and some more information about that sounds juicy, then check them out. And speaking of juicy, before I sign off, I just want to let y'all know my Bali retreat is starting to fill up. 
This is going to be an amazing experience. Bali is magical. I've been four times and every time I've had an incredibly transformational experience. And we're going to go, we're going to hang out, we're going to do yoga, we're going to do meditate. I'm going to put you through different spiritual processes. We're going to experience Bali. We're going to laugh and dance and just have a great time. So all the information is on my website. If you are super interested and curious, I suggest emailing Jill at christinehassler.com right away to uh, set up a time to talk to her and fill out our application. It's going to be an incredible, incredible group of women. And sorry, guys, this one's just for women, but I do stuff for men too. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm wishing you a beautiful day wherever you are. Remember, combat any anxiety or worry by being in the present moment, finding something you're grateful for. And I just want you to know I'm so, so, so grateful for you. I just absolutely love putting this podcast out every week and look forward to connecting with many more of you. Sending you much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.